Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello and welcome. This is Sandy, and this is the place to be for creating a healthy, happy relationship so you can go on your last first date. Today, I am excited to be speaking with relationship coach Barry Selby, and we're going to be talking about how women lose out on love. In my 10 years as a certified life and dating coach, what I have known and learned is that we are all capable of living a high-value life, and unfortunately, many of us don't. Many of us live beneath our potential, and uh, this was a big part of my whole self-work as I divorced and learned what was possible. So now I love helping women develop the core confidence to be a woman of value who shows up in life more authentically and stands up for her values, especially when other people disagree. And she speaks up powerfully and gracefully so that her voice is heard and respected. Every week I bring you a tip on how to be that woman of value, and this week's tip is step number eight, which is to be firm about your standards. I have a whole course on boundaries, so this is a huge passion of mine, but I really believe that if we don't develop our standards and our boundaries about how we want to be treated, then we're going to be treated the way other people want us to be treated. And I don't know about you, but I certainly don't want to live there anymore, and we have choices. And so be firm, really. Take a stand for the things that matter to you. Walk away from what doesn't. One last thing before I bring Barry on is if you're not yet a member of my private Facebook group, Your Last First Date, I invite you to join us. The conversation there is very supportive. We are a positive group. There's no man bashing allowed. It's always interesting, and I have a very um, tight rein in the group where I don't allow things to go off the rails like in many groups that are about dating and relationships. I actually have seven monitors, one for each day of the week, so that we can manage the size of our group, which is now about 2,200 people. So you are welcome to join us and be a member. And now for our guest, Barry Selby. He is a best-selling author, a speaker, and a relationship attraction expert, and he helps strong, successful women find balance in love, life, and business. He's a passionate champion for the divine feminine, and his heart is dedicated to serving women, owning their magnificence and authentic power in life as well as in relationship. Love it. Welcome, Barry. Thank you for having me, Sandy. It sounds wonderful. I love what you're talking about and standing for. It's so needed. Mm, It sounds like our messages are very similar. And, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, so, so tell me... How did you get into this business? Like, what made you want to take such a strong stand for the divine feminine and and women's power and all that stuff? Oh, boy. Mm. (laughs) Well, I've actually had some interesting um, insights through the work I've been doing to find out my own origin story, as it were. But really what started this was my own relationship mistakes. And I've been on this journey of personal growth and seminars and background in psychology and spirituality for over 30 years. And even despite that background, I still wasn't getting my love life to work. I was still having relationship breakups. I was messing up my, I was not being um, 
as honorable as I could. And the women I kept dating were not the ones that were right. And finally, I just said, okay, fine. What am I still missing? And that was what led me asking that simple question <laughs> into uh-huh. a deep and passionate journey into the masculine and feminine polarity, the dance I talk about a lot. I love, now I understand it, how we men and women can be authentic and align to a natural polarity, which creates the attraction, the chemistry, and everything else, but also puts us in our truth and our authenticity. And in that discovery journey, I started seeing women in their feminine, truly in the feminine, versus being in the way that I'd met them before in their powerful masculine um, mask, I was floored. I became so enamored and in love with that expression that seeing a woman out of alignment was almost um, disheartening to me because I felt like I knew what she could be when she owned her truth. And it wasn't like I had to fix it, but I only wanted to serve that. And so since then, I found around women I'm around, I really feel where they're wounded or they're settling for less than they deserve. They want to say, you know, you can, like be a cheerleader almost, saying you can have so much more by just owning your truth and being in your feminine. Hmm. So can you clone yourself, like, by about a million? <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's really amazing. I mean, I think if we all could develop this self-awareness and really have compassion for people who come to us guarded, because that's really what it is, and I see it all the time also. And I used to be that guarded woman who was mm-hmm. just comfortable in my masculine. And just recently I, I had an encounter with a man who I was supposed to meet for a first date, and I wasn't comfortable meeting him in a big national park setting because I didn't know him. So I asked him if he could meet me at a at a very open park that's near where I live. And it was probably about equidistant from both of us. And he like mm-hmm. had a little hissy fit over it. He was like, um, you know, if you can't meet me halfway, which I was, um, then that's not fair and I'm going to take a pass. And then he blocked me and... <laughs> canceled the date and it was just like whoa i we could have had a conversation about this i wasn't demanding i just made a request Mm so no no option to discuss and that's not the kind of person i want to date obviously but it's it's just that kind of like quick judgment guarded uh, you're not going to hurt me. I'm not going to put effort in. If you, you know, there's a whole bunch of thoughts that ran through my head about what he mm-hmm. must have been thinking. So right. how do? So yeah. So what do we do with? Where do we start? You know, with all these women who are like so in their masculine, and all these men who don't understand them, and men are really also going to the other extreme and being really feminine. Um, you know, in their which, in their which feminine. I did and, yes. Yeah, yeah so, I was, so what are, what are some of the ways that you have? Well, the, the, the challenge, is, one of the challenges, opportunities, let's put it this way. Um, I talked about this recently on, I don't know where it was, it was a, on a Facebook Live or an interview or something else I was talking about, how back in the 60s, when we had the sexual revolution that happened here, and in, I'm from England, and we called it women's lib movement, women's liberation movement over there. And... What women discovered was their freedom through basically in some level of emancipation. They were, women were now discovering they could basically take ownership of their lives, go out to work, dress like men, get their own bank accounts, get a car, live on their own and not need a man. Because up until that point, women didn't have the freedom to do what they wanted. They had to basically be courted by a man to leave the house they grew up in 
and then move into his house. And he had to prove to the parents he could take care of her financially, and that was about it. And uh-huh. so that's only 60, 70 years ago. So we've come a long way, and yet we're still so close to it energetically. And for women, the challenge has been for most women I know, some of the clients I work with, that being in the business world really doesn't help them be feminine because the business world is designed and structured as a masculine, or should say a, a male mindset, very oldly target-oriented, get things done, and be there very be there at all costs. And when women do that in their love life, nobody wins. Uh-huh. And for women to embody their feminine is... Well, let me speak about my vision of the world. <laughs> okay. The feeling is that, that it's the feminine that's going to save the planet, to be blunt. The masculine, to this point, has proven that we can get things done, but we don't really take care of everything included. We're not an inclusive focus. We're very linear focus, whereas the feminine keeps, takes care of everybody. So the world will, will survive and thrive, and everybody on it will, with feminine leadership. That's, what, that's my um, um, agenda for the planet. <laughs> but, but beyond nice. that, in, rela- <laughs> in relationship, women, when, when you own your feminine, one thing women, I think a lot of women do not understand is that feminine is actually a thousand times more powerful than the masculine. The thing with the masculine is we seem to be very strong and tough, but that's the shell. The masculine inside is nowhere near as strong as the feminine is. The feminine is the life force itself. So, and let me say one quick thing. We're, we do embody both in our lives. It's a matter of where do we hang out more naturally and where do we tend to hang out, which is not necessarily where we're aligned. For women, they, they generally are more naturally residing in their feminine, but they put on the shell and act more in their masculine to, in quotes, survive in the world and thrive in the world. But they're limiting their own natural gifts. Uh-huh. So I rant. totally agree. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love this this conversation because I totally agree with you and a lot of women freak out when you mention how the women's live movement is like screwing up relationships today. It's, it's confusing. It's a very confusing time because a lot has changed and that's wonderful. And it's about the balance that we have to bring back to accessing the real power that lies in the softer places. And um, I compared my life to a Tootsie Pop where I was, really, really tough on the outside and really soft and bushy mm-hmm. on the inside, which is the opposite of really what, what I wanted and needed to be in life. And we often will develop these hard shells of around our heart when we're hurt because we're not forming the right conclusions and we're not developing our lives in the right direction. And, you know, so much is possible when we when we can open to our strength on the inside and um, that leads to softer, more feminine on the outside. Agreed. Absolutely. And, and so us men, that's why a lot of men, I believe, in so many ways are hitting their own crisis points because they've been living in their toughness thinking that's the way to succeed. And when that fails and when they lose their job or the company goes under, a lot of men don't know what to do and they don't deal with it in a very conscious or wholesome way. They end up turning to drugs or alcohol or even suicide because men don't have in some ways, the emotional stability to really get through this journey. Whereas women, when they are in the feminine, have such resource to, I'd say, survive and thrive through almost anything when they remember that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of women will see a man who loses his job or he hasn't fully really done any internal work since a divorce or a breakup or he's 
whatever, he's carrying a lot of emotional stuff and he doesn't know how to deal with it. A lot of women will mm-hmm. see that as weakness and that he wants a mommy and not a partner. Um, do you have any suggestions as to how to deal with this so that, number one, women will bring, you know, draw in a man who is more of, you know, the warrior hero that she might be looking for or a partner, a true partner, um, or how to deal with it when a man shows up with a lot of emotions. Because um, I see this all the time in my group, you know, where a man is is suffering through something and then it starts to feel like a burden. Well, the, well for most, I mean, I'm grateful in the way that I had my, my crisis points early, so I went through the journey of healing and becoming more whole because of that. So when things don't go the way I plan, I don't take it personally, which is one of the biggest challenges. Most men don't have the emotional depth and practice to handle what can be very calamitous with grace. So for a lot of women, when they see men that are um, sideswiped by a business failure or a divorce or something else traumatic, they're seeing basically, in some ways, a beginner of this journey. Because for most men, especially the straight white male, who's the most obvious one in this case, we were raised to think that we were perfect. There's nothing wrong with us. We weren't a minority. We weren't anything less than. So when we discover in life that we're not that perfect, it's shattering to a lot of men's egos. And so uh-huh. for women, I would say that at least the thing I would recommend is have a little compassion. It's not, you may not need to fix it. And not sorry you have to be involved necessarily. If you haven't met the guy before, I mean, if, you see, if it's your husband, be aware that he may need some serious support from other men who have the compassion who've already been through this, as well as from women who understand, because it's not your job to mommy him, no. But it's your, it's your role, if you wish to, if you're in a relationship with a man like this, to let him know that he is much more than his job. He's much more mm. than his divorce, because, because the, one of the things as men in our masculine, we are very single-focused. We're very good at finding a target, going for it, and achieving the goal. The challenge is that in that dance, we are in a place where if that one thing falls apart, we forget there's 17 other things available. So we lose out that way. Uh-huh. And that's one of the things that many men are trapped by is that they think the one thing they're focused on doesn't work and life falls apart because of that. When in fact, the truth is that one thing is a tenth or even less of their whole life value. So, you know. Yeah. So, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's really good advice is to develop some compassion and also the, the fixing part. Uh, I think that in general, we all should stop trying to fix each other. Um, it's it's <laughs> yeah. a really bad idea. Um, but it's it's a natural tendency, like men want to fix as a natural thing, but women also. Like I, I find myself constantly going to solution and my son is great at calling me out on it. He'll say, Mom, I just need a little empathy now before you try to fix the problem. <laughs> it's like, okay, fun. honey. <laughs> See what happens when you raise conscious children. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you pay the price. <laughs> That's right. No, it's actually great. It it helps to yeah. keep me in check all the time. And it's it's true. It's like if you can't practice this at home, then, you know, you're going to practice that on the outside world where you're going to make some bigger mistakes. Um, right. So I'm, I'm really grateful for his 
feedback. Uh, but most of us don't do that. We we just get right into solution, and then we think it's our problem, mm-hmm. and then it feels like a burden, and, uh, and then they break up. So it's like, you know, <laughs> that's compassion. Why coaches, that's why there's coaches and therapists. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so I have a question. Uh, you you mentioned something um, about dating apps not helping women find love, mm-hmm. and I would love to know more about your thoughts about that. Why, why is that? Well, 99% of the dating apps where, and dating sites and matchmakers are built for men, to be blunt. They're actually a mission that men are naturally single-focused. We as men, and this time I'm referencing some of my friends who I studied with, Alison Armstrong, David Data in particular, um, uh-huh. masculine, the masculine is the hunter. We're single focus. We get things done, and we're great. The challenge, though, is we don't have um, the ability to do the wide scan, which feminine can do. The, mas- the feminine is much better at having a wider view of life and keeping an eye on 17 things at once. That's one reason when, for example, if we're watching TV, we can't hear a word you're saying because we're single right. focus. It's not a bad thing. It's just our gift. All right, uh-huh. So the dating apps are set up to be a hunting gallery in a way that what for men, they can swipe and go, that's a target, that's not, that's a target, that's not, etc. When women do that, they're embodying the masculine. And the challenge for the, ma- the feminine, which is say for women who want to own the feminine, the one skill that women forget they have in the feminine is the ability to, tra- to attract whatever they want. They need to go out and get it, which is the masculine way. And so the dating apps encourage the go out and get it energy. And for women... Um, Way back in the quote, old days of the Wild West and the Victorian times in England, there was the act of courtship where when a woman met the man she was interested in, she would drop a handkerchief and then he would pick it up if he liked her, ideally, and give it back to her. And there would be this eye connection and then there would be rapport and then he could pursue. It was kind of like permission to court, please. Like, you know, permission to come aboard type of thing. And for women nowadays, there's no signifier that's out there really for women to let a man know she's interested and then he has to do the work to pursue her, to court her. That's what the men's role is. But the dating apps take that out of the out of the um, playing field. Hmm. Well, there's Bumble, that is where women make the first move. So I don't know. I'm I'm taking this in because I I can hear <laughs> what you're saying. Um, I think it's it's a very impersonal way to to connect. I mean, I that's to me, it's like yeah. very quick and it's. It's all based on looks and very little else in the beginning. So it's just like you were meeting somebody out at a bar and you liked the way they look and you came over and you wanted to chat with them. But the you can take the dating apps, in my experience, and make them into a dropped handkerchief. Um, in, I call that okay. the green light, right? So a woman mm-hmm. can say something kind um, to let a man know that she's available or that she's interested so that he can pursue her if he mm-hmm. so desires, right? Right. I would say that's true. The challenge that some women have found is they go on the dating app and swipe just the way the men do. They're not actually doing the invitational piece. They're actually hunting down the men and mm-hmm. the apps. And I'd say mostly more like Tinder and uh, – well, like maybe plenty of fish on the other apps. They are set up, and Bumble have an experience. So I could be totally learning a whole new thing from you, so I'm not going to say I know what one <laughs> it is. But some of the apps out there are very built to be, you know, simplistically connected. So you have one thing to look at, and then you pursue. And women, which is different from what you said, forget to be 
invitational or receptive, they go and do the hunting and basically let the men, they don't let the men do the work. And he basically sits back and goes, sure, I'll just let her come after me. Uh-huh. That's not healthy for the relationship because it puts the women in a masculine and the man ends up being the feminine. I did that a few times, so I know the pain of that on the wrong end. Yeah. Well, and women complain about it. Why isn't he taking yes. initiative? You know, why is he texting me and not calling? And, and I mm-hmm. think we have to be much more assertive about what we want. And a woman who was in a very long texting relationship with a guy was posting about it on our group the other day. And I mm-hmm. said, okay, in the future, if you don't want to text, don't text. Like, it's really kind of easy. <laughs> you know, like, let them know. I don't enjoy texting as a way to get to know somebody. Can we ha- mm-hmm. have a phone call? Would that work for you? You know, and it's it's just learning the languaging and being assertive about what we want without being aggressive. Right. Right. And that's the, that's the thing. Is it's that's the thing about settling, um, ladies. You are absolutely given permission to set standards to the level you wish to play at. You don't have to go down to a level lower than what you deserve. And so that can be as simple as saying, when you're in text conversation or messaging over one of the apps, is saying. Um, I'd rather speak to you than text, so please don't listen move out of this platform or something more blunt if you want to be. To simply say the standard I play at is verbal communication by voice, not by text or whatever that is for mm-hmm. you. It's okay to do that. I think that people are often afraid to assert what they want. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other thing they do very often is to bring the pain of their past to the present. Um, oh, yes. What do you – yeah, <laughs> so – <laughs> I, I see people sabotaging all the time, like finally they're in a great relationship and then all the fear pops up and, oh, that must mean this and this must mean that and he probably doesn't care about me because he hasn't spoken to me in a day and they texted less or he, whatever. And it's like, yeah, you just killed the relationship because you brought all your anxiety. <laughs> um, what, what, do you, what wisdom do you have to share about people who bring their past to the present? Well, first of all, you're not alone. It's it's a unfortunate psychological program that um, actually, if you want to go and do some research, read read Bruce Lipton's book, The Biology of Belief, and he in this book talks about how we are a blank slate when we're born, and for the first five seven years of life, we are taking in the world around us as a sponge by watching the adults do what they do in front of us, which is usually our parents. So. First of all, we get implanted by our parents or imprinted by our parents, and then we go out and have relationships. We tend to repeat the patterns we learned as kids in our dating life because we see the way our parents connected by love, and we think that's the way it's supposed to be done. And then we reinforce that by relationship after relationship that does the same thing. So if you want to clean the slate, first you've got to become aware that you're doing it. It took me several repeat experiences of relationships where I went, hang on a second, that's my stuff, first of all, not them. Secondly, I think I know where that's coming from, and I did the work to heal that. When you get clear, you can change your paradigm because here's the thing. It's always about you, as in all your relationship experiences. If you have the same type of person you dated three times in a row, which I've done before, then you know it's not them. It's you. And so there's an opportunity there to change it. If you don't want to keep having the same experience, dating 17 more more men won't change it. It's change the change the frequency you're tuned into so then you actually you actually receive a different signal Uh uh-huh 
Yeah, people people don't realize they're copying their parents, and often they try to do the opposite. I know I did. I I mm-hmm. thought oh, I need <laughs> I need the opposite of my dad, right? So I'm going to marry somebody right. who kicks all the boxes there, and he's not going to be this or this or this. And it turned out he was all the same things, and and um, I just I didn't want to see it, or I didn't see it. Um, but mm-hmm. I think that until we really do this deeper work we're doomed to keep repeating the same mistakes. But the beauty is that we can change it, that we have incredible yes. power to change it and improve our Absolutely. lives and stop being miserable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so tell us a little more about some of the mistakes that you, you know, that you that you learned at home, um, if you, if you oh, don't mind. Goody. <laughs> no, no problem. <laughs> Since I no longer carry them with me, I tend to be okay talking about them. Um, okay. My early dating life was definitely marked by um, intense love, great connection, wonderful romance, and then an argument and a breakup every single time. This is in my late, late teens, early 20s, my very early dating life. When I started looking back at what happened, I realized that the wiring I had was that love and Discord or love and upsets or love and relationship, love and arguments don't go together because my parents, who was raised with, never argued in front of the kids. Literally, as a kid, I'd have no memory of my parents ever arguing, at least not in front of the in front of me and my brother, unless they're arguing about something my brother and I did to each other. You know, being boys, we would do stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I recognized that even in a relationship that sounded that perfect, in quotes, because there wasn't any addictions or abuse or or infidelity and that stuff there's still patterns that get imprinted on the kids from the parents. And that became a cycle where I would be in love with a woman, a girl, a woman, for months, two months, three months, four months even. But as soon as that argument happened, I would pack up and leave because I didn't have, one, I didn't think it was love anymore because love and arguments don't go, go together. And secondly, I didn't have the tools to actually work through that to actually know there was more available. So that's one of my uh, learning uh-huh. opportunities. Now, now let me uh-huh. give you another one. Just, just this is not mine personally. This one I read about years ago. This is this summit twenty five, thirty years ago. Hasn't, of course, never happened since. But this is what this is a report from the new, um, police report. There was a, it was a fam- a couple in the deep south. There were police were called to a domestic disturbance at this house, and this police car pulled up front, and they got out of the car. They heard a lot of yelling and banging coming from inside the house. When they went up to the house, the front door was, was not locked. They went inside, and about two minutes later, they come out through the door with this big, burly guy between them, the husband. And a wife beat a T-shirt, red-faced, big, burly guy, and they're frog-marching him down to the police car. They get about halfway down the garden past the police car, and the wife comes to the door, black eye, bleep, cut lip, bleeding, disheveled clothing, beaten up. And as she leans against the doorpost, she raises a kitchen knife comes chasing after the, the, the husband and the police and she stabs one of the cops. Mm-hmm. And, and when they finally got her medicated and calmed down, they found out what happened. They found out, first of all, that she said, as far as she was concerned, the police were removing her only source of love because her history was she was raised in a very abusive environment by her parents. And so the love she attracted was a man who would abuse her like her dad did. And even though he hurt her, that was the way she thought loving came through. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's the extreme case I know of. And the way, yeah. talking about Bruce Lipton again, um, we, the, this is the thing to be aware of for, for those people listening. That programming is not conscious at this point. 
Our subconscious mind is running this automatic program like an autopilot, which we have no control over until we become aware of it. So what you may be thinking consciously is like, oh, I don't do that. I'm not going to do this. Yet you still wonder why you seem to, in quote, sabotage yourselves because the subconscious mind, which is way more powerful than the conscious mind, is doing what it was told to do automatically. And it will be loyal to that until you change it. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing how much is in the subconscious mind. Um, that's a mm-hmm. powerful story, and I was waiting for the cop to be stabbed. I, like, I had a feeling, mm-hmm. and I, it's because I've been yeah. doing this work for a long time that I even you know, know that. Yeah. But, I, I, I mean, I've had clients who don't understand why they end up with, with, with like, narcissists as a husband because they mm-hmm. thought their home life was perfect. And when we dig deeper, we find out for one client, it was she had a, a mother who was ill and... Because she was ill, the client was told that she had to always be the good girl and be quiet and don't make waves and get good grades and, you know, behave. And yep. not in a horrible way. It was all done with love, but she suppressed who she was her whole life. And until I was able to help her identify that, she couldn't understand why growing up in her home that was perfect, why she would attract the wrong yep. partners. So this work is, is just so, so powerful. Um, all of what you said today was just really fabulous. And I and anybody who listens will get insight, if they don't already have, into how they can attract better relationships and stop losing out mm-hmm. on love, as you say. Um, yes. So thank you so much, Barry, for sharing your wisdom with me here today. Oh, my pleasure, Sunny. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So, yeah, tell tell our audience you have something special to offer them. Please share that with us. My pleasure. So, for those who are interested in going deeper and finding out one, what may be help, what may be in the way, and what they can get to move forward, and also how I can also help them, is they go to my website, which is my name, which is barryselby.com. They can click on the Let's Chat um, navigation choices on the top left of the screen, I think. And if you click there, you can get a, a thirty-minute discovery session as my gift to you, as complimentary. And we can talk and see where you are and where you want to go. Beautiful. Well, thank you for that generous offer. And, my pleasure. Um, yeah, thank you again for, for being my guest and for doing this really important work out there in the world to support the divine feminine. <laughs> well, thank you, and I'm glad you're doing what you're doing too. The more of us doing this, the better. Amen. Um, And thanks, everybody, for listening today, and I hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day. 